And my biggest takeaway is with ultimately two things I try and practice anyway, which are you're not always going to have good days, but there's always good in every day. And that's a Western world tip. Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for mob like you and me who are looking to learn and grow from life experiences in order to fulfill one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. We are fired up, baby. We are back in the booth. And Braden, every time I start the episode, Braden just gets a good chuckle and it makes me laugh as well. But um, no, it's Friday again, that time of the week, potty, potty episode week. So um, we had to reschedule an episode today. However, there's always something to talk about at the Happiness Co. Switched On office. So I've got Braden and Jules with me today. And how are you going, lads? Mate, I'm good as always. Um, I do always love your introductions, mate, as you know. <laughs> But no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this one. Um, we're going to probably do it a little bit later, but um, happen to do it now and um, it's exciting. So um, yeah, it's going to be a good chat. How are you, JP? Good, my brain. Uh, good, my man. I was going to say good bro or good man when I merged him, but I'm good, mate. Get used to that. There's a bit of Julianism. Yeah. I, love, <laughs> I love the jumper though. I'm just loving the, the if you obviously can't see Braden, but he's got a beautiful bright yellow hoodie on shout out to spec and share Speak creating and share. change together yeah i think it's really cool shout out um yeah i i, <laughs> I did laugh when you boys were on your trip and just like i was getting some messages come through from Braden, and um <laughs> it was pretty similar to the ones that you sent me <laughs> it's just like oh you've been spending too much time with jules eh? <laughs> just couldn't understand <laughs> I, was a, I thought it was a compliment but, oh you're talking about the spelling <laughs> yeah the yeah, spelling and no the, sense the julianisms yeah, yeah. yeah that's it um all right lads you know what we do what'd you do to get switched on this morning start us off guest always goes first uh for me did a bit of priming so always start my day with some breath work mate i think it's it's really powerful uh, powerful for to me get my mind right my power right my intention for the day right and one thing i was talking about with a client yesterday is that you should never open your eyes without a clear intention for your day because if you don't have good intentions for your day, you just open your day and you end up just letting your day run you. Yeah. So always close my eyes, do some breath work and set three really powerful intentions for the day. So one was being kind to myself and to others. Um, the second one was being really present with our team for our team building day today. And then the third one was to you know make sure I fill the cup up with the family tonight. So they're great intentions as a goal personally for your day. Awesome. Love that. What about you, big boy? Um, what did I do? I I got up and then... Similar to yourself, Jules. So I went to the workshop on Wednesday night um, that we had for the um, men's mental fitness. And I hadn't done it in a while. And I think I just like, I had lost track of it in the last year or so. And like, when you just mentioned then like setting that intention, like, yeah, before you open your eyes and start your day, um, go into it with some intention. So I've been remembering to do that last two or three days. And yesterday, it actually just made a world of difference. Like I just actually I had like a, like my standards had like sort of lifted mm. and I just, that momentum and that tone was really just carried through the whole day because my intention was to be enthusiastic, to being curious and in being, my intent was to be intentional. So yeah, with the things that I was doing. So I was really, um, I got up and I set those and then yeah, did a bit of yoga, did a bit of movement because I was feeling a bit sore, just getting myself ready for hopefully Hopefully not the last game of footy on the weekend. We might be able to play finals, but just want to make sure the body's right, body's feeling good. So that was me. Now we're here. Love that. Bubba? Um, mine, 
It's just the usual, mate. Just the usual. But no, you said you've been changing it up. I have. I've been doing the breath work, which has been nice. Um, but one thing I did, I did it outside because it's trickling today. Mm. So I guess that's a bit of a change up, which actually was really nice because it was just like light raindrops. Yeah. Sitting out there. Um, Very tra- tranquil. Yeah, it was. It was. It was nice, which I think sort of brought me back to. I did the bit like the um, what's it called grounding. Yeah, you know, like it's on cement, so it's a bit I'm sorry, I'm not saying, <laughs> but like I don't know, it was just nice. It was cold, and it was raining, and then yeah, so I did that actually, which was a bit of a change up, but it was actually really nice. It got me switched on, more relaxed, and I guess focused for clear mind today, which is it was good. Epic lads, we're all sounded very switched on, and I'm and I'm I'm glad because um really looking forward to this episode. I've been well on Tuesday we had the team meeting and heard I heard got to hear a lot. A bit about your Zambia trip, yeah. and um, and if you've been tuning into the socials, uh, I'm sure you saw like you de- would have definitely seen some photos. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get get the lads in, go into more in depth and what it was and the impact that you guys had over there because you guys have just been raving about it, and I know that you guys got a lot from it, so I can't wait. Yeah, man, it was it was an unbelievable trip, and you know, as happiness coexists and is to positively impact ten million lives in ten years. And how do we do that? Well, it's trying to instill as much happiness into the lives of others as we can. So obviously, Bray and I head over to to Zambia. And, you know, for me personally, there's a real personal reason to go. And I, I think there's two things that happen in life. Do you chase results or do results chase you? And I think a lot of people chase results. They chase the thing they're after. And I believe that Zambia chased us because um, of how it found us. I was doing a conference last year and a lady in the room I heard me speak and she said, I would love to get you to Zambia for a mental health conference. But I also had a, a best mate um, when I was young and he sadly lost his life when I was 23 and he sadly took his own life and he was African. Um, and I just remember how much of a beautiful culture he had and his family had and how sweet and kind and loving they were and the stories about being refugees. And it just always moved me and I always, always thought they always seemed to look at the best in life that's what they taught me. Even when they lost T, so yeah. Tedeschi, call out to the T's family. When they lost T, even though he was gone and it was so sad for them, they st- one thing they taught me is they celebrated his life. It doesn't take the heartbreak away, but they celebrated him like every single day for like 30 days and how amazing he was and kind he was and loving he was. I never forget that. And I think even when we were over in Zambia, you saw it, didn't you? They, they have such a gratitude and a love and a joy for life, even though their struggles are real. And they don't have a lot. So mm. some amazing takeaways from our time there. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can double down on that. It's just been that little, I guess the little things that they're just so grateful for. And um, I think that was a big takeaway for me, which we'll probably get into later, a few yeah. takeaways. But yeah, just how much love, compassion and care they have for each other, for everyone around them, for everyone in their life, for the new people they meet. Um, yeah, that was big. And we're pretty lucky that um you know we had a really good group of people that we were with and um and then the two people that that were on on the ground showing us around um you know Ruth and Clive Clive was our bodyguard but <laughs> it was just um it was unreal and and they did everything for us you know and trying to make our life easier and um you know they'd only just met us so even little things like that was um yeah also made the trip pretty pretty amazing experience as well. Cool. Great intro, lads. Um, yeah, let's jump right in. So it was the Happiness Co. Hope and Happiness Tour. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So why, why why, Hope and Happiness? 
well, starting with hope. So hope was one of the the main things that we talked about a few years ago in Australia for mental health and suicide prevention in this country. So not happiness code, the whole of the country, the researcher, researchers, the data, the frameworks, everyone's talking about, well, when you don't have something, you need hope. So we know this by hope. So all you need in your depths of despair is a drop of hope. Super important. So yeah. you may be struggling in your relationships. Well, you can always have hope. You might be struggling at your workplace. You can always have hope. You might be going through really tough times in your life, but you can always find hope. And I always kind of mention this, like, have you ever known someone going through chemotherapy before? Mm. Lots of people are like, yeah, I have. But what does that person need? Hope. Hope, because they know that they're going to struggle every day. They're going to feel average. They're going through chemo. They're losing their hair. They feel not great in themselves. They don't feel like themselves. The journey is uncertain, but you can still wake up in the morning and fight for something, which is your hope. So hope is really important, especially when you go to a country like Zambia. Often they are fighting for a better life because they currently have a life that's not the one they want. So they are fighting for a better version of it. And I think it's quite powerful. And obviously hope is part of Happiness Coast framework. And then happiness, well, what, what actually creates it? And most importantly, you're in control of it. And I think that's the really powerful stuff. So we're going there to remind them that hope's super important and have a vision, a compelling vision for your life and how you can rebuild it and can't control where you're born, what happens to you, how people treat you. But what you can do absolutely is wake up every day and make choices towards that person that you want to be. Yep. And happiness starts and ends with you. And I think that's really important. It starts with your intentions. It starts with your feelings. It starts with your thoughts and it ends in your behavior. I think a lot of people think happiness starts in your behavior. It doesn't. It ends there. It starts in how you feel about yourself and your life. It starts in how you think about yourself and your life. And it ends with the decision that you decide to make to move your life forward or backwards. Yep. So it's that bottom up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything, you wanted to say something, Bray? No, I was just going to touch on um, completely different. When you talked about the chemotherapy side of things, which is going to be really weird for me to touch on, but... The hope and happiness before we left I've, i got some pretty bad news about a mate that um you know he's, he's gonna has got cancer and he's gonna have to go through this and i actually asked him um because he was playing a carnival football and i said mate like how you feeling about it? he goes mate i'm hopeful and if i stay hopeful then i'll stay happy because there's going to be little things in among, amongst the journey that'll set me back but there's also going to be little things that little um challenges that i'll get over i'll overcome and then i'll be able to you know, I think he messaged me the other day. He's commenced with the physio and he might be able to start running and stuff again soon. So, you know, these little things, he's like, I just got to hold out my hope. And if I can hold out my hope, that'll contribute to, you know, my day-to-day happiness because it's going to be a downtime. So when you just mentioned that, it's like, you know, it's pretty true, right? Mm. So um, that's what I love about it though. Because one thing I absolutely know about the world, mate, is pain is universal. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go. Yeah. And, and you know what? Mental health doesn't discriminate by race, color, gender, belief system, religion. It, doesn't, it does not discriminate. It affects every single person at different times in their life. But you know what's also universal? Hope. Yeah. And how do you combat? What's the antidote? So if you had a headache, well, people would say the antidote's maybe some Panadol. Or if you had a, you know, a sore back, maybe your antidote's going to the physio. Like there's always an antidote to a pain point. Mm. But what is the antidote to pain? Well, the only way out of it is through it. That's the key. So the only way yeah. to get out of your challenge is to be brave enough to walk through them. 
but hope is the antidote, which is I am hopeful as I take these steps through this uncertainty on the other side of this dark cloud that I'm feeling, there's some sunshine and mm. some good times. Because if you run from the storm, the storm will always chase you yeah. and it'll always catch up. But if you're brave enough to turn around and run through the storm, it will pass. And then even being able to bring those two big pillars that are important to us, but to a place like that, could you see the amount of value that they got out of it in, in it being hope and happiness? Oh, enormous, enormous. And one thing I'm sure Braden has his own views on this, but what was so electrifying for me and so deeply moving for me was their want and their eagerness to learn. Mm. So Oprah said this, money won't change the world, but education will. Yeah. And, you know, she, she's got incredible ties to African countries and what she does there to support them. She's like, don't just keep throwing money at things because you keep throwing money at things all the time. Things don't change. It's just money. But she's like, you've got to educate people. Yeah. And one thing they have done really well, and I don't know the stats directly, so I don't want to get them wrong, but one thing they have done a great job in is ultimately eradicating AIDS with young people and HIV by yeah. education. Think about how big yeah, the AIDS awesome, pandemic yeah. was. It was such a big problem for African nations and by education, getting it into schools, talking about it at universities, breaking down the shame and stigma, because that's a big one, shame and stigma. You can stop the spread and they've done such a good job at doing that. So I have such high hopes that they can educate themselves to what mental health is and how they can overcome it. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And mine was probably the education but the want in the university when we first the first day we were there um i guess that was that was big for me big opening and the want to learn the want to know the questions the way that opened up i think we could have been there all day and they would have like some of the stories we would have got told we would have heard um i think that was pretty and that was day one so um i think that sort of set the tour up really didn't it it did man and sadly they had lost a classmate to suicide mm. in the last, you know, 30 days or so. And they were grieving, you know, and same thing that anyone goes through when you lose someone to suicide. It's just like, could I have noticed? Should I have said something? Yeah. Why didn't I notice? You know, that, that guilt that you have for someone who ends their life because you're like, I spent all this time with them and I either did notice and I didn't say anything or I didn't notice and they were struggling in silence. And that can be really hard for young people to... I mean, you process. say sadly, but what about a time for you both to be there and be able to provide what you both do best, so... Yeah, it was cool. And, you know, they had so many questions, didn't they? They had oh. really great levels of understanding of, of mental health, which mm. I thought which was awesome. They understand it's a big problem. They understand it's killing their friends. They understand it's taking away their joy and their happiness because you don't have to just end your life by suicide to live a miserable life. You can live your whole life miserable. You know, you can, you can live your whole life unhappy. And they had such great questions. I remember one young girl asked us about, I just look at myself in the mirror and I hate what I see. And I want to really, how many young girls around the world and boys look at themselves in the mirror and hate what they see? And so could, she, she didn't describe it was physical or, or emotional, but the point is that universal around the world, people look at themselves in the mirror, don't like what's looking back at them. I've been through that before. After losing my dad, I was like, I just don't like the person looking back at me. Had nothing to do with my physical appearance because I guess my loneliness became my filter. Mm. And then you use that filter to see everything in your life. Everything seemed lonely. Everything seemed sad. And that's how you see yourself and the world. Yeah. Um, I was curious 
like what was the biggest difference, I guess, when in in terms of the mental health field or just being over there in general? Like, yeah, you have you'll have the culture shock and you have this getting over there. Like, I mean, culture shock for yourselves, like totally different environment. But I remember you saying the other day, Jules, like in terms of like the mental health field, um, they're about twenty or so almost years behind in terms of acknowledging their their emotions and feelings and and how they approach things like that is is that still uh, how you feel about that yeah absolutely and i guess my level of awareness of what was happening in mental health 30 years ago in this country is quite limited i've have a really great understanding what's happened in the last 15 years Mm. because it's been really something i've been putting my time and attention into but what i do know is in the 80s we used to word committing suicide that's now abolished. It's actually incorrect terminology here in Australia. So yeah. people don't commit suicide anymore because commit c- committing is a crime. Yeah. So it used to be committing murder on self. So that is a crime. And it was used to be recognized in Australia as a crime, but no longer is it a crime in Australia. Over there, it still is. Yeah, right. But that's 30 years ago. I think we abolished that in 1987. I could be wrong and I'm sure someone will correct me, but it was in the 1980s when we made some changes to it but they still use things like mental health is people who don't have control over their emotions their thoughts or their behaviors so it's not a they don't have it as mental illness yeah so that that would be some form of mental illness right and i'm talking about severe mental illness so they're saying everything is mental health is this you can't control your thoughts your emotions or your behaviors that's what they're saying mental health is and then they use words like if you have mental health challenges you're an imbecile or a retard they, these things are written in their government constitution. So imagine oh. the shame. And even in Australia, we don't, we, 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 we don't want to use the word retard because it's offensive. But over there, they're like, well, if you've got mental health, you're an imbecile or a retard. No one's coming out and saying, I'm struggling with my mental health mm. in Zambia if they think people are going to label them a retard. So that's how far back they are. Yeah. But you know what? We've changed it. They'll change it. And they will hopefully start to break down this shame and stigma around these words that we use. Yeah. Because words have power. Absolutely words have power. So if you feel that you are labeled something that makes you less than, why would you ever admit that you're struggling with it? Yeah. So is this, it, was, it was as if they didn't have that, the green or the yellow, that just had the red. Right. Yeah. Well, we're talking yeah. at the um, drug and alcohol facility. Remember that? Yeah. Such lovely, kind people helping families and people who are affected by alcohol and the effects of that. But I took them through the mental health spectrum and right. they were just so blown away. There was something more than just the red. They mm. were like, it was probably, I've never sat in a meeting like that. And it was incredible to just witness like their. Guess it's not maybe the perspective, but more just their like, man, their eyes were like, whoa. So mm. it's not just suicide. It's there's this. There's you know how you feel, determines how you think, and all this stuff. And they're like sitting there like, oh my god, like this is crazy. Writing notes, asking questions. It was like it was like you were doing the Jules was doing like a presentation, like that understanding of of what, how many the different stages, you know. And when Jules walked you through what we do and how we operate and our pillars and our system, they were like blown away that it's not all about suicide and, and to prevent it, you know, is so much more important than to yeah. just worry about the cause. And I think that like just sitting in that and seeing that is that's how far behind, like you said, that other people are like and other countries are. So it's a, it's a 
sort of, I guess, got me imagining what other countries are like, you know, where everyone else sits on their, you know, scale. Because like you said earlier, it doesn't discriminate, right? There's mental health challenges everywhere. Yeah. And it and it's not just, you know, it can be mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it might be for you. But how it's broadcast, in it's so different, right? And how it's determined. And, and I think that's probably a big thing that we sort of broke down in that meeting, but also at the conference as well. Because even at the conference, a lot of it was, um, you know, information, stats, details, where Jules did his thing and it was all about preemptive and the way you feel about yourself and the choices you make, right? And he brought energy to that, which he'll probably talk about later on. But just the difference in, you know, they were so driven by, there was all stats and, and this and this is how it's changed, which is awesome. It was all in the red. Like there was yeah. nothing in the green. And how do I develop my self-esteem? How do I develop optimism, resilience, right? Empathy, all these sort of things towards myself, but also to others. And, you know, I had students coming up after his talk um, at the conference just asking me so many different questions about, oh, so what do you do, like, just day-to-day stuff? Because I've never thought about that. So I think that is also a change that happened. So, um yeah, it was just crazy it's to see. wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was... I didn't expect anything like that to to be so different. Like, that was for me. Like, you, Jules probably obviously knew because he'd, he'd known a little bit more. But for me, going in there, I sort of... I guess I was just thinking that everyone's sort of on the same page. Everyone sort of knows what it is. But, yeah, it was... <laughs> and it's like definitely not that. Definitely not. <laughs> you know the old cause and effect? Mm. So, they see the effects of alcohol, but not the cause. Yeah, okay. Great way to think about it. Yeah. So, they're trying to manage... The, the effect, and we are all trying to manage the effects of anything, bad behavior, drugs, alcohol, gambling. The effects are easy because you see the impact of effect. Mm. They've pushed their family away. They are becoming emotionally abusive. They are you know, hurting the ones that they care about. They've lost their job. It's easy to look at effect because it is in our face. Some people can hide effect for a while because they are pretty good at you know, pretending they're okay when they're not, but generally people start to break and fall apart. So effect is obvious because we can see the impacts of that but we never look at the cause. So what they were really amazed about is about there is a cause. No bad people, just bad behavior. Yeah. And I think it's a really great reminder for everybody. No bad people, just bad behavior. So yeah. when someone is behaving in a way that is affecting other people in a bad way or the cause that's leading them to act that way, like what is the cause? Is it because they're lonely, sad? Did something happen to them? Did they lose someone they love? Like what are that? What's that person going through? And this could be something small or big. But if there's someone in your life and you're listening to this right now that how you feel has changed their behavior, people just don't change for no reason. Just remember that people change because of something. Yeah. Like I call them moments of impact. Moments of impact can be small or large. They can be positive or negative. They can be sad or happy. So it could be a moment of impact could be you have your first child. What a great ripple effect in your life. Mm. A moment of impact could be when you're at the pub with your mates and one of your friends said something that really upset you and you can't forget. They're all moments of impact. And the difference is how big are the ripples? The compounding. The compounding over time. How do you deal with what you feel? Because does pain use you or do you use pain? Mm. There's only two options with it. You either let it use you and sometimes you can start acting poorly or you can push people away or you can use it to become your power. Yeah. Yeah, which is, and that, talking about the compounding thing, when when we explain the compounding happiness, right, compound over time, happiness was probably, I think that, they were like, that shocked them, like, because obviously, when you, when you spoke about that, people, like, their eyes, 
in the crowd were like, wow, okay, mm. if I do this times this times this times this times this day, 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 day after day, it's going to contribute to my happiness. And it's just things that they never thought of. Um, so they're just constantly getting that, those light bulb moments, yeah, like and, realizations. It's and like, oh, this, wow. And there's this thing they, and you can really tell when they know it because there's this thing, they put their hand up and they click. So they're like, so that's what they do when they agree <laughs> with something. Yeah, cool. And it's, and that just, like I'd ask, I was like, why do you do that? And they're like, well, that's when we really agree with something. And mate, you won't, you won't be able to hear Jules's voice if they record this speech because all they were doing was clicking. <laughs> but it, it, I asked them, I said, like, are you just clicking for the sake of it or do you actually like, and they're like, nah, like this and this and what I took out of that and how to do this. Like, so they're really aware mm. as well. Um, and like, you could tell that it was really settling in and, and close to home for them. And yeah. um, for me, just to sit in the crowd amongst everyone, like I was just sitting there um, and talking to a few few students, especially that were that were listening to the conference. Just, they're like, oh, like, I needed this. Mm. I know this. I mean, this is going to change my life. Like they were just, it was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I do want to go into that a bit more actually. Like, yeah, if you've got any more things to add in terms of like what you guys found really different, like while, while you're over there and like that impacted you. But um, yeah, I, I also want to know, like, was there anything that really tested you like mentally or physically in in the, in the time that you were there and, and what were they? Yeah. Dude, you got mental toughness, right? And um, I think that everyone should seek emotional discomfort. Mm. So if you don't seek discomfort, discomfort will seek you. Yeah. And the problem is when discomfort comes, we're no, oft, often not prepared for it, don't know how to deal with it. So we don't like how it makes us feel. So we run from it. So the more, yeah. So the more you are, this is how we talked about the cold shower thing, right? Mm. It has nothing to do with the cold shower other than it creates discomfort. It has nothing to do with getting up early and dragging yourself out of bed. The, the actual action is irrelevant. It is that I don't feel like getting up this morning and you still do it. Yeah. I don't like being freezing cold in the morning to start my day, but I do it. It is I am seeking discomfort and showing myself that I'm in control of my life and my choices. Yeah. So we actively sought discomfort. Mm-hmm. And what do, we, what do we mean by that? Well, this may sound strange, but generally when we travel around Australia, all I do, you know, normally stay in a, four, four and a half, five star hotel just because you're away for work and yeah, you want to have a nice place to sleep, right? And over there we said, let's make sure we do it differently. Let's do it uh, in a way that's more difficult that would bring some discomfort. So the shower- Sort of like live like a, live in like an apartment like that, that like locals. Yeah. Like, like they do. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like the running water was not no great. The toilet, toilet hardly worked. The uh, internet went off all the time. Uh, the the first night we were there, we didn't have any power till mm. seven p.m. in the night. So me and Brian were just sitting there in the room, dark. So, but this discomfort, like it was so far out of our norm that it was teaching us gratitude. Yeah. And I remember every time I felt like, oh, this isn't great. That's just because of your perception of the world that you have. Yeah. And the things that we live in right now. So I'm like, you know what? What a great moment for you, mate. What a great moment for you to find gratitude in this that you're seeing in the dark. What a great a moment to find gratitude that you don't have a, uh, a nice running shower, but you do at home. If you are willing to find the perspective and the gratitude, then you learn great things from it. Yeah. Learn great things from it. And that's, for me, one of the greatest things I took away. The discomfort was absolutely doing long days. 
seeing people that didn't have a lot and that's heartbreaking that to see people struggle and suffer i think we went to this well, we did go to this football club the soccer club and as soon as we got there they were just telling us how starving they were mm. that's pretty much the first kind of things that came out of their mouths right oh we're so hungry do you have any food we're starving and you could see they were so hungry and it's like we just don't live in a world when we are, we're begging in, begging people on the street in WA for food because we're hungry. Well, some people might, but generally most people aren't. So it's, it was really jarring for us yeah. because you feel like, wow, I wish I could help all of these kids and give them all food and give them all shelter, but you can't. So that's quite often discomfort. For me, I find discomfort in feeling like people are suffering and I can't make the pain go away. That's always been a thing for me. I want to help, but I can't. Or I don't know how. Like I see all these kids that are starving. You're just like, I wish we could feed them all. So that was just, that was uncomfortable as well, going home at night and then having a, even in Zambia, having a nice meal and having shelter over our heads. It's like all these kids tonight are probably going to go to bed without food. Yeah. And that that got me emotionally and like emotionally drained at times. Like to see that, especially the foot, like the soccer oval, like to come from, you know, the experience that I've had, like, you know. Having premium grounds. Like, and- like pristine yeah. conditions man like it's not just the environment it's not just the i guess the people you're with but it's the professionalism like you know the club what you get like everything that comes with it and then people complain about like the stadium being too hard these like kids <laughs> there's boulders on the ground there was literally <laughs> boulders on the ground they're playing with a rubbish bag, like rubbish bags, like a million of them wrapped up. That's their soccer ball. Yeah. And I emotionally, like, it took me back to footy and like, oh man, it's raining. I've got to go on train. Oh man, my feet are that sore. Optus is that hard. Mm. Oh man, it's 35 degrees and I've got to go and run. Like, yeah. these kids, like, come up to us after smiling, loving, like, apart from the, the, the aspect of the emotional when they're asking for food and asking for money for for new balls and new boots and things like that. Take that out of it. They were generally so happy just to be able to play. Like I was asking them, how many games you played today? I played three. I kicked two goals today. I got, did did this, did that. And I was like, how'd you do it yeah. on that, that, that like oval? Like the oval was literally dirt. And we're not joking. There was boulders. And we're talking big boulders in the <laughs> middle of this thing. And... That was emotionally emotional for me from my background and what I had. And I was like, not depressed, but I was not happy. I'd go in days where I just didn't want to be there and things like that. And that happens across the whole, you know, multiple different sports. And there's these, you know, five to 15-year-old kids that are just absolutely loving every minute of being there with what they've got. Yeah. And I think that put into perspective of just how lucky we really are to have what we have but how much we take that for granted and when Jules touched on the gratitude part of it it's being like it is literally being I know it's a big thing having a big stadium and and it's not a little thing but you know for me that was really emotional and 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 there was other things that were obviously really emotional but that tied home to me and that was that was also the first day so I was like well this is going to be a pretty emotional trip if if this is what it is and Balancing that at times was tough and I, I lent on Jules a bit, but um, I think other than what you touched on before, that was probably one of the biggest things that I went through because I didn't think it was going to be as, motion, as emotional as what it was yeah. for me. Yeah, Lads, thanks for sharing that. I mean, as heavy as it is, like I love that insight 
Um, and I hope the listeners to do as well because there's so much to gather from that. And like only from what you're telling me right now, like I'm, I'm painting the picture in my head and um, it's just, yeah, very heartwarming and from the work that you're doing. And, and I, I sort of want to, yeah, make it a bit more, uh, the episode a bit more positive because like it's, it has been a bit heavy, but I'm curious as well. Like what was, what was one of the highlights? What, what's the best memory that you had like um, that made you really happy and just, yeah. I'm going to touch there. on a couple. So my off the back of what we just sort of talked about, about education and, and perspective and gratitude and that. So we'd go for a, a walk in the mornings, right? Because um, it was just like, it was beautiful. Like the weather was beautiful. We'd get up, we'd go for a walk or whatever. And I remember I went for a walk one morning and you just, because they split school up, it's like 6.30 to 12, 12.30 to 6 roughly, right? Um, all the, the young kids go to school in the morning. So you just walk and they, they just, because they just walk, man, like mm. it's everywhere because like some can't afford um, transport, public transport, whatever it might be. So we're just walking and there's these group of kids about seven, eight years old. Like there's three or four of them and they're like <laughs> playing, having fun, like teasing each other, like all this. And then I can't remember what the the word is for for white ma- for white male, but they're like they say it to you, and they laugh and they have fun. And I was like, "Hey guys, how are you?" And they're like, "Good." And I'm like, "Why are you so happy?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm with my friends, and I'm going my way to school." And I was like, "Does school make you happy?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Why does school make you happy?" And this literally, mate, put everything in my life into like perspective. I was yeah. like, "This is," and this one eight year old goes. If I go to school, I get a good education and then I can help my family and hopefully we can get out of where we live. Wow. And I just like, I asked after, I was like, how old are you? Yeah, eight years old. And it hit <laughs> me and I was just like, at eight years old, there's no way I was thinking that. In year 12, I was like, my God, I'm, I hate school. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to pick on my sister here, right? But my sister hates school. And I asked her, I was like, how was school today? oh sucks i hate school like the difference in that and it's not like i'm having a crack at my sister or anything like that right but that experience to hear someone say that it's because they how much they value it where it's just it's a given that you go to school here where some kids don't go to school there yeah so it was amazing that how that like that was incredible for me that experience but in terms of like a a leisure point of view would probably be like Victoria Falls was like amazing, mate. You yeah, can't, insane. you can search it, you can watch it on YouTube or whatever, but to be there, experience it was like, it was amazing. And like the double rainbow, the waterfall gushing, the noise, the birds, the just everything. It's it mother nature in full display. Literally hey. like, it was like the water, Victoria Falls is going down, obviously, is it? but then you feel like you're getting like rained on, like you're literally soaked. And it was, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Me and Jules lapped that up a little bit. We loved that bit. And that was like a two minute walk from our hotel. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow. It was cool. It was quite powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like energetically powerful. I think that there's some real beautiful parts of nature that are healing. Mm. And I think, you know, great Braden talked about grounding before. You know, the ocean, the forest, the sand, the sky, the earth, like the air. Like there's so many great submodalities out there that heal us and ground us. And this was powerful. Water is powerful, but it's so calm and peaceful. But this was powerful as a waterfall, right? But it was massive. 
And for me, I reckon the thing that brought me the most amount of joy was just showcasing that they do decency really well and, you know, kindness really well and loving each other really well. And you see that in remote communities, don't you? Yeah. Like if you, the further you go out from big cities, the more people are very much, I'll pick the kids up for school. I'll help you out. Can I, that everyone in a small town or a remote regional town generally is quite community focused, which they do things together. You see how much they do together because that's all they know. Yeah. They hang out together. They support each other. I remember this, this youth was driving past us in the morning when we were walking around the block at like 6am when the kids were going to school and it was about, it was just like a old beat up ute, but there was like 15 kids in the tray, in the tray back going to school. You wouldn't have that in Australia because, you know, too risky, you know, don't talk to strangers. And I, I'm saying, of course, we have to have awareness of these things, but they are just so help, eager to help, eager to please, eager to support each other. Like the old saying that it takes a tribe to, you know, raise someone like the, the the village to to raise someone they're very village oriented very caring very decent support each other and i think that's such a healthy reminder because i think in times in australia we can become so about us yeah individualistic yeah yeah oh i don't have enough friends on social media oh someone's rude to me at work today and it's like we let our bad days consume us when we forget to open the door for complete strangers we can forget to smile we forget to say have a good day we get so caught up in our own mess and even though they are in a place that has hardship, they are constantly kind yep. and they are smiling. And they, I feel like they just, they're smiling all the time, weren't they? It was like, they were smiling at everything. And I'm like, bloody, we think people are crazy in a show. They smile for more than five seconds. You know, you're like, what's wrong with Tom? He's smiling <laughs> for two hours. Like they were just like smiling. And I'm like, wow, it's so infectious smiling. Yeah. And I just haven't been in the community for that long of time when people are just happy to see you, they smile at you and they make you feel like you're a million bucks. I guess the lesson in this is how you look at people without even saying anything at all and how you see them makes people feel seen. Yeah. They made me feel seen even though they never said anything. And in Australia, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, wherever you are listening to this, just how you look at people matters. And if you look at people like they matter, they'll feel like they do. Because everyone does matter. And I, still, I think sometimes we just get so caught up in our own stuff and we forget to look up and smile and say, have a good day and little things like that. And the, yeah, the waterfall was pretty powerful as well. So That's that was, beautiful, Jules. Mm -hmm. So in a way, as much as both of you were able to provide that, they inspired you and provided you with that feeling. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's special. I think it's hard to quantify what it, what it did and what it made me feel. But I don't know. I guess people could say in my career, I get seen a lot. But what is being seen if it's not deeply intentional? Mm. So yeah, I speak on stages all the time and there's thousands of people in the audience and they may hear me and my content, but they're not really there to see me deeply. And I think over there, yeah. yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. When I was walking there, they were like just so deeply invested in looking at us that it made us feel seen. It was just a different experience and I loved it. It was mm. nice to feel like these kids that, are like five, six, seven, have the ability to look at someone and make their day. I think that's pretty, to look, I'm not even talking about, I didn't even say anything. To look at someone and make their day, that, that, that should be able to bottle that superpower up and, 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 and give it to the world. And do you know the one thing that, it, the only one thing they did that made it possible was looking at you and smiling. <laughs> like that's it. Like I think we can all agree that you can look at someone and smile 
and it's pretty profound, but we don't. So that was the lesson, that was the takeaway, and that was the joy. I, I like, that just reminded me to, we, used to, we went to this local, well, we called it our local coffee shop yeah, called Meraki, and there was this one waiter there called Mackie. And um, that was the, like, we went there the first day. You know when you go to a cafe and you're, the only person I've ever seen be able to do this is Brody from downstairs, right? <laughs> but you go to a cafe, you order what you order. We all ordered, right? And the next day, we went there three days in a row. So the next day he goes, hey, boss. Yeah. Same seat, same order. You want the coffee, you want this, you want that. And we're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you remember that? And then he was just having a genuine conversation. But straight away, like, I think it was that listening that, like just the way that they were like wow they've come back they're grateful and then like i went up to grab a bottle of water and the manager came out he goes this is your third day here thank you so much like all this stuff and like they're just so like their smile their gratitude like the way they made us feel man is like like you said was incredible like we're kings of zambia man it was just like incredible and that was even with ruth and clive who we were with like so they were two people, Clive, they sort of, they were two people that look after us. And what they did for us, took like we'd be like, oh, you know, can we do this? Can we go here? You know, can we do that? And they're like, yep, 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 straight away. Like they did everything for us. Um, and that just showed that generosity, that care, that love for other people. And I think that puts into the perspective of sometimes we take, you know, our relationships with our parents, our friends, our family for granted. And that was another takeaway that I took. And I guess spending a lot more time in deep conversation with Jules as well was probably um, something that you don't really get to do with your boss. Yeah. Like I think we, like I, I took that um, that moment and I know that's away from, from what we're there for, but I think that really was a massive positive for me as well. Um, which I, I can obviously go on for days to talk about that, but yeah, yeah. No, cheers, lads. That's that's awesome, eh? Uh, I will continue down that avenue kind of thing. So, like, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, like, of takeaways, and I'll, I'll talk about this later. But um, just quickly, if you can give me your top three takeaways, um, you can talk about it if you like, but just like in the short form of, of, of what you even just shared, but like in terms of like um, like one, two, and three kind of thing. Yeah, I think that. What people might think, well, what'd you learn in Africa and, or how does that apply here? Because sometimes people are environmentally focused, which is, well, I'm in Australia in Perth and I don't, yeah, we, I, I appreciate what happens in Africa. It's like some people don't want to donate to poverty, for instance, because they're like, well, we've got problems, we've got problems here. So I'm going to keep our money to support people here. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And we know that people in Africa do it tough. But how does this affect me in my life when I'm struggling with my husband, my wife, my kids? Well, my takeaways were that. Well, how do you apply what you learn over there and bring it here? So gratitude being number one, gratitude. It's gratitude is much easier when you feel good and much harder when you don't. So mm -hmm. make sure you find it. And my biggest takeaways were ultimately two things I try and practice anyway, which are you're not always going to have good days, but there's always good in every day. And that's a, a Western world tip. You're not always going to have good days, guys, but there are good in every single day. There is good in people. There are good moments. There are good settings and sections in your life. So make sure you look for them, even in your bad days. And then don't let your miserable moments convince you that you have a miserable life. I think that's super 
powerful if you apply that to your life here. So don't let your miserable moments that pop up in your day convince you that you have a miserable life because you don't. You have a great life. You're gifted. You're blessed. You have the power of choice and opportunity. And at any point, at any second of every day, you have a chance to turn it all around. And that's the cool thing about being where we are and living the lives that we live even though it's tough heartbreaking and things don't feel great you can still turn it around and that's the power that is your power and always remember that that were my takeaways huge mine um i could obviously touch on the, the gratitude point of view but perspective and patience well were, yeah. were, were two big ones for me um definitely i guess patience was big because you just at times you just don't know you got to drive certain places or just the day to day over there. Um, another one was uh, that saying of um, "Don't count the days, make the days count." Mm. So we're only there for you know ten days. So don't count. Oh, this is day one. This is day two. What are we doing on day five? It's no, no. Make the days count that we're here. Yeah, we're here for ten days, but each day make that count and do whatever we can to help instill knowledge, wisdom, whatever it might be, but just make those days count. And and that brings it back to here is, you know, don't count the week. Oh, it's Tuesday. I've got three more days until it's Friday. Like, no, nah, no. Nah, make, make the days count. Make the day count. Yeah. Right? That was a big one. And my last one was, I guess it probably flows back into perspective, but relationships you've got are so important. The, the, those those key key ones, like, you know, when we went to the orphanage and I got to talk to them and, you know, you talk to them after and, and they're like, you know, this is my family now. It's like, well, yeah, I got my dad, I got my mom. Like I'm pretty, some people will see it a bit different to how I see it, but I've got my mom and dad split up right when I was young. So I've got two sides and it's just made a huge, like a bigger family. Like I've got my, my stepmom's side of the family. I've got my stepdad's side of the family. I've got mom's side. I've got dad's side, right? like huge family and now i got my friends around me like the relationships you've got is so important because you know these kids sometimes have only got people in the orphanage that they're with mm. and that was big for me which then flew into the relationships of teamwork and what we got like never doubt i love this little thing it's never doubt a small group of thoughtful committed people because that too can change the world and we were there with you know six or seven of us and you know, I feel like we had an impact. So if you're there, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have all this money. You don't have to have, you know, 50 people. A small group can make an impact if they care, they're committed and they're thoughtful. Well, we always love the saying, it's not a lack of resources, it's a lack of resourcefulness. Yeah. So no, I love that, I love that, lads. Um, and at the, um, the conference, one quick other thing, Tom, at the conference, yeah. I never heard this saying before, and I'm a big like one-liner yeah, yeah, motivational every, quote. You know, <laughs> at least I'm, once conversation. Oh, right? I love them. I just I live by them. I, every team you know, like bumper sticker. It's like like bumper sticker. Yeah, I just love them because to me they're anchor points. Mm. You know, I was listening to the Rock yesterday. He was talking about the gym being an anchor point for him. Do you know what anchor point for me is? One-liners. So people are like, oh yeah, Jules says a lot of one-liners, but they are anchor points for me constantly through my day that anchor me back to being positive. Yeah. I'm like, what are you thinking about? What are you What are you doing? What are your intentions? So I live them and breathe them because they help me stay anchored like he talked about the gym. But there was this one I had never heard before. Martin Luther King said, we start dying slowly when we stop talking about things that matter. Mm. We start dying slowly when we stop talking about things that matter to us, that are important to us. 
So I think one of the biggest takeaways is I care about mental health and people so much. And sometimes it can be frustrating and Braden talked about patience because you want to change the world and there's a lot of people still suffering in it, but you've got to still talk about it. Yeah. You've got to talk about it. And only you start falling apart over time if you stop talking about things that matter. So for people struggling about them in their mental health, if you're feeling anxious, depressed, sad, suicidal, any of these things, remember talking about these things is the best way to get through them. Cheers, lads. How good. Um, I don't mean to brush over any of the work that you did over there in Zambia, but um, I just wanted to ask, so in leaving, where to next for the um, communities in Zambia? And yeah, what's next for trips? You got any other, any other parts of the world that we want to impact or go around? I'll get, Jules can touch on the first bit, man. I can touch on the... Uh the second bit but yeah. there's a lot of places that i'd love to go <laughs> well if you want to be a global happiness company you've got to do global things yeah so um we did new zealand at the start of the year after cyclone charlotte mm. after, after the devastation of people losing their houses their homes their livelihoods and some sadly people that i loved so that was new zealand and that felt wow we've got to make a difference and then zambia popped up and so deeply um committed to doing global things um one of my dreams is always to be to work with the World Health Organization and the UN, and I feel like we're getting closer to doing that. Like imagine saying that we're working with the UN to make global goodness, uh, global happiness, global mental health. Like that's a pretty cool thing for me. That'd be sick, eh? And for us. And then we've committed to Zambia um, to train, increase their baseline. So training up people in mental health first aid, which is a certified, recognized program. So mental health first aid is awesome for supporting the ones that you care about and love so imagine increasing like the university students competencies and mental health and how you support your friends and family and your loved ones and yourself so we are going to gift a hundred certifications of mental health first aid yeah to the key people in the zambia community and then we're going to do 500 or a thousand people in mental health training so we'll increase a thousand people's baseline and then we'll certify you know think captain vice captain we'll certify a hundred people as the captains and the champions of change of mental health in zambia and that's the ripple effect yeah because yeah. you train one they train another they train another and the ripple effect of education knowledge wisdom and understanding grows and then we'll reassess at the end of the year but that means that we're going to train over 1200 people in the next 12 months and that's pretty cool inspiring how good for, for me in terms of from the happiness co perspective, it's what we're doing here, mate. It's the switched on. It's like, okay, for me, like, we can't, unless Jules goes, brings, says, mate, we're going to Zambia again or we're going to America or whatever, then it's like, well, okay, I don't have any control over that. So for me, it's like, well, okay, what can we do here to mm. best educate our, 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 I guess, community a community sorry that we're trying to that me and you are trying to create yeah so for me it's that so it's like okay like i've got a whole nother passion for switched on now and what and what we're doing is you know can we do events and we've got one hopefully coming up very soon like how can we do that how can we do better ones how can we collab with people how can we educate people how can we build this community to really foster happiness and that's what i've taken away is okay this is what i've learned from over there this is what they're struggling with this is what they need what can we transfer from that to what we have to put things in i guess into perspective but also help you know the challenges and, and educate myself more on 
topics on research on everything like that to then be able to serve and and be better for others and um so that's for me it's just like all right this is definitely needed and it's not just needed here in australia it's needed everywhere so how can we grow how can we get better and how can we implement what we want to do here and switched on here first and kill that so then we can take that when we go and travel and do other work so that's a big thing for me mate you took the words right out of my mouth hey that was actually (laughs) i was going to touch on that thank thank you though so that was yeah that was probably the big one for me is as in yeah what we can do here yeah huge and so after experiencing something like that it's gonna sit with you guys for the rest of your life because that's just an awesome memory and jealous i couldn't come but hopefully in the next time and there's something else to come but um just quickly mate, i did think about you because <laughs> every jules probably doesn't even listen to our podcast but every podcast right we always touch on travel because mm-hmm. tom's big on it and mate i understand why all right <laughs> so i'm not i can't pull the piss out of you anymore about travel because obviously it wasn't travel for leisure although it was it sort of was at the same time like things we got out of it but mate i wish you were there because it just opened my eyes to how good travel is and how much you know the little things are and what you've got to do and how everything uh, how the world operates so well mate i just wanted to before i forgot about it i just wanted to say that i understand what you mean with travel <laughs> which is bro i appreciate it um and i was really keen for you to go as well eh? just because i think the last time we talked about you actually getting out and going somewhere was when you were still with West Coast, you went to the Tiwi Islands. Uh, yeah, I went to went to Cambodia. Oh, Cambodia. Cambodia yeah, and it was yeah. for to build houses. Yeah, and so that so it was a, kind of a similar aspect, but yeah. that was numerous years ago. And so, and in that time, like, yeah. I love what you're doing here. You're very like focused in your work, and it's so great. But um, just to be able to sort of grow that bubble and grow the environment that you're in, and even just like change stuff up. So I'm I'm I'm, pr- I'm super proud of you, going, mate. Thanks, man. Yeah. How good. So we're having a bonding moment, Jules. <laughs> yes, it was nice, like a bromance. <laughs> we do have a bit of a bromance. But um, yeah, what I was saying before was um, after that experience, sitting with you, of course, um, how would you suggest to the listeners out there to encourage them to engage with their own community and, and provide sort of, I don't know, any sort of aid or like just whether it's the case of something simple, something extreme, depends how, how um, much they want to get into it. Well, there's 48,000 registered charities in the country. So there's always an opportunity. If you want to help and you put your time and attention into helping, you'll find some places to do it. But be brave, reach out. Mm. I remember when I was younger, I always wanted to help at a soup kitchen and I always like felt scared to, I didn't know who to reach out to. Ask some people. Be brave enough to ask. And our society relies on people helping, giving back, you know, to, to contribute to the world and make it a little better. It could be one hour a week. could be ten. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about donating, you can pick how much time you want to donate and support. It could be food. It could be time. It could be talent. So many opportunities here in WA to, to support great charities, support great things. It could be at your local footy club, your soccer club, your netball club. It could be you could help out your workplace. Mm. And I guess a good framework to think about how mechanically you do it, well, it's doing this. Doing the good things well and little things often. Yeah. Like doing the little things well. Um, and contributing and donating your time is doing a little thing well, doing it, going out of your way to do a little thing well every day. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't say it because you know, you normally do. It's just the, if you, there's three things you can bring to this world. It's your time, talent, your effort. 
Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> say, you kind of did say it, yeah. but I was changing um, that. But it's time, talent, and money. Money. Time, talent, and money. Yeah. So you can donate your time. Yeah. You can donate your talent. You can donate your money. And yeah. I said, I, I think a lot of people don't have the money to donate. So donate your time. Yeah. Help people. It yeah. makes. And the cool thing about helping people actually makes you feel like a million bucks. Like you feel like when you go to bed at night, you're like, well, I've done something good with my day. Yeah. I was going to touch on time. It doesn't have to be whole weekend it doesn't have to be a 10-day trip to zambia one random act of kindness is like a domino effect right like which is you know i could go and help someone out for 10 minutes you go help a friend out for 10 minutes or it could be going to a soup kitchen for a day whatever that might be right do it and just don't worry about how much time like you've got you know you sleep for eight hours you work for eight hours what are you doing for the rest of eight eight hours just spend 10 minutes just doing something random act of kindness because it's going to domino your own life and you might do that it's like oh i actually really enjoyed that Mm. you get that sense of fulfillment right that sense of pride that i'm helping someone else be grateful for that and then it'll domino effect it'll go for longer you'll do it more 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 and then you actually realize that i've come to realize since working here that life's all about helping others right and you understand that that you get the most fulfillment joy love passion out of helping others yeah and it doesn't it's people worry about time and i've done i only got certain hours in a day it doesn't have to be two three four five hours just a little bit like like I said, that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I think that's cool. And then it'll, it'll flow on. Like you said, there's so many different charities out there that you can donate your time to. You can have a footy day. You can have a um, a music day. You can have like a fundraising day, whatever it might be, right? There's all these little things, but just start. It's like the habits, right? Just start small and then you understand how much you love it, right? So... Yeah, that's probably a couple. Wise words, lads. Hope the uh, listeners take something with that and really, yeah, go go out and do something with it because it's very, really powerful. But um, yeah, I've I've loved this conversation, lads. It's always really good to sort of jump in your shoes and get, like sort of get my painted picture a bit more. Um, what's the word? I guess colorful in my head about what the whole trip because I, I see photos and and you can see all the photos still up on the um happiness coast socials switched on socials as well um and then yeah if you've got anything else to share like just to paint that picture um because we'll wrap up soon but um yeah no i just I don't, it's hard to sort of put it all into words it is yeah but one big thing for me is the comfort zone out of my comfort zone was probably the biggest thing. And then that was a big learning. And like, that was a personal takeaway was get comfortable being uncomfortable. And one of the things that I actually really, I didn't touch on it with the, the, the fun thing was went to the local markets mm. and we were lucky enough that there was this local artist. I can't say her name, right? It's the or something right there. Anyway, she's on Spotify. She just launched a new, and we were there luckily at the same time. And she's like, singing filming her um what's the what's the thing called that goes with the song the film was the film music video yeah that whatever that is and she was filming it and she they were filming the dancers and mate we were lucky enough to be there at the same time we just went in we're in this like little village where she's filming and we just started dancing like 
it was just that like that experience was just like so I would never do There that. is a video of that. There is a video. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. so that, that'll yeah. probably, we'll probably post that or something. But that experience was just like getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, like just dancing, just having fun, like embracing the moment. Um, and I think that was a big takeaway for me just to, you know, get keep getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I got to, yeah. Spend time with Jules, and I actually <laughs> deep down actually understand how much hair product he actually uses. <laughs> the, fair bit, the fair bit and hairspray. 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 No, nah, I just yeah, I just man, I could talk about this trip days on end, but it was um yeah, so much fun. Eh? It was no. good chapter, good chapter in our lives. Yeah, it's an important thing, man, and um yeah, it's and to be uh, to be part of Happiness Co. and see that um impact that you guys being able to have thirty hours away, like. I'm just, well, I didn't even go and I'm still, I feel, I feel like I went in a way, um, which is pretty cool because we are, we are, I guess, uh, the the whole team, Happiness Co, like, we all, like like you mentioned the other day, we all play, played a role in um, in getting over there and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super keen as to what's to come next because, yeah, if you can do stuff like that, then the, there's just so many more opportunities. But I think it's a great reminder you can, from small things, great things can grow. Like, you know, this whole movement started in my apartment with me just by myself. And now we've got an incredible team of people working Six on, years later. Yeah, exactly. Six years later, we've got a switched on program helping youth. We've got a youth school program. We've got corporate programs. We've got individual programs. We've got FIFO programs. But you know what? We're also doing stuff in Zambia. Mm. We're also doing things in New Zealand. And I think what a, what a cool, if you're committed to making the world better and you, you have high meaning, high value and a compelling vision for your life, then you know, you can actually make a real dent in it. And I, I think sometimes people can think like, what what dent can I make? I'm just one person. But to take it from me, guys, if you're committed enough, you can make a real dent and a real positive one. This is just the start, eh? Cool. Um, so we will finish up soon. However, Bubba's been introducing a little aspect to the end of our episode. So kick us off, bro. So one person over the last week that has... Um, I guess being a big played a big part, or you're very you're very just thankful for that person over the last week. Oh, I'm gonna go with thankful for uh, the boys from Wine Wednesday. So we went to uh, Wednesday night, and I'm not the most sociable person. Maybe people probably what? don't notice about <laughs> me. Uh, I socialize very much inside my the world of my life, which is running my businesses and the close people I have around me. So I don't really get out a lot and I have this new thing one Wednesday and we go out with these boys and they're all different lads and I get to learn about all these different people doing great things. So I'm grateful for all of them collectively, all nine, because nine new conversations, nine different, completely different backgrounds and I really enjoyed it because I feel it allows me to take my mind off the things I've been normally thinking about. So I'm grateful for a collective group of men. So thank you for the one Wednesday boys. Cheers, lads. Tell you what, we had Wild Wednesday in, uh, in Canada and that was not that version. <laughs> <laughs> um, me, I will go Mr. Brad Nainsworth standing right in front of me because um, earlier in the week, um, oh, I, just, I, I hadn't even actually like talked to him on the phone. I was just even texting. And then I get a call later after a long day at uni and, and doing this. I think, it was, I think it was Monday, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was Monday. And... Um, he calls me and he goes, oh, how are you going? And I said, oh, yeah, all right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, good. And he goes, no, how are you really doing? Like, honestly. 
and just being able to like yeah, hear him say that and then know that he really cared. It's just, yeah, it's a pretty warm feeling and then knowing that he cared. So um, I was really grateful for that. And we just sort of just had a chat while I was driving home. And um, you, you also talked about some things that you were going through and thinking about at the time. So cheers for that, bro. Nah, um, thanks, man. <laughs> um, mine, uh, probably one, one big one is probably Danielle in the office. She um, had a little chat with her the other day, and I just, you know, I, you know, when you you don't know how much you miss someone that means so much to you, mm. like, so like when we're away, I yeah, you know, and that's what she's been doing for switched on a lot recently. Yeah, huge, bro. but yeah, I just had like a ten minute chat with her, and and that just, you know, she's she's one of the best. If you need an individual coach, reach out to her because she's unbelievable. But I had a ten minute conversation with her, man, and it just flipped my whole mindset so very grateful for that little 10 minutes and and also what she's been doing for for switched on and, and getting a lot of that um together awesome well lads thank you for the last hour i uh, didn't actually think i was going to go this long but it was just so much value you know and um yeah it gave me gave me a lot hopefully you gave the listeners a lot as well to work with and think about and try paint the bigger picture in that perspective so um yeah, until next time. Jules, it's actually really, really good to get you back in the booth because it's been a while. Um, I think we've only done one other, one other episode with you on the Switched On podcast, but hopefully there's a few more to come. Always a pleasure, mate. See you, boys. Cheers, lads. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.